Hey guys, here we are in Blakely, Georgia at Arena Training Center for the AG Cup. Finally, Jake and I are back together, uh, a little traveling, shooting a match, and back from hunting for a minute. So this is episode 14 of VP Precision, and we just got, what did we, what did we just finish doing? We just did an interview with the uh, Shooting USA crew. Yep. At, what did, uh, what, was yours good? It was great, yeah. We talked a little trash. I tried to talk a little trash. Not very good, but I tried. <laughs> and then uh, he, he uh, John, with Shooting USA, was asking a bunch of questions and um, kind of getting into uh, the mindset of a, a top 20 shooter. We were fortunate to, to be invited to the match mm-hmm. uh, with a, a bunch of other really talented and good shooters. So we went in, answered a bunch of questions, and you'll see all that stuff on Shooting USA. Yep. Should be fun. It was you had to do hair and makeup. Luckily, neither one of us have hair, so it was quicker. But <laughs> it only took half the time. <laughs> it was half the time. So um, let's. Uh, so I think what we talked about doing is doing kind of a catch up podcast because we haven't done one in a while. Um, and then today is Monday, uh, kind of media sight in day, which we haven't sighted in yet. It's late. We got well, we could land at three a.m. or got to our hotel, so just flying East Coast sucks, but. So what we're going to try to do is do a catch-up episode here for, for 14. And then when we're done here, we're going to go side in. Match starts tomorrow. We'll probably try to do an episode tomorrow and try to get you guys a couple back-to-back on the AG Cup. So we might bust out two or three here. And I'll try to find – I've got to find Wi-Fi so I can email them back to my wife and she can get them up, and we'll do our best to do that. So uh, the last – gosh, it's been – Way too long. It's been a long time. Um, so you've been burning it down. Thank you, thank I've you. I've been killing anything. I've just been hunting, but we haven't been killing anything. But you still haven't been killing. <laughs> well, I killed an antelope. <laughs> we talked about that. But I've been helping my uncle on a hunt, a big, a big uh, hunt in Oregon. Right? Yeah, it's a, it takes twenty years to draw it. Um, he's he's uh, we hunted that first week. It was a little slow, trying to sort some stuff out. Um, saw some good bulls, but in areas that we couldn't quite uh, make happen for one reason or another. And a couple of bulls got blown out by some some other guys, and so on and so forth. So. I uh, hope to hunt the end of the end of the season here when I get back. Um, but anyway, I'm. Well, let's talk about shooting. Too much hunting lately. <laughs> but anyway, while I was gone, friggin' you burned it down on. I think we talked about we talked about one of your wins on the last podcast, one of the early ones. But since then, you've won two more, right? Uh, yeah, I think three more. Two um, more. Jeez. So I can't even keep track. <coughs> so uh, we go through if what was the which ones. So I won the uh, Rock Lake match, yep. and then I think you actually were hunting. We talked about the Rock uh, Lake before one. the Rock Lake, and then yep. you came shot the Rock Lake, and then you left like that next day to go do some more hunting. Yeah, I went somewhere else. Um, I don't know if I technically shot. I guess technically I did shoot the <laughs> match. We yeah. did talk about that because the, I, the effort. Yeah, I blew up. Yeah, um, and then uh, I was fortunate to go shoot. Um, after that, I went and shot the Montana PRS qualifier match, and I was fortunate to win that one. Mm-hmm. And just a fun match. It's a field match. Um, I mean, I like all matches. I think they all uh, pose a different challenge, but that was a, a challenging match because it was really windy. Okay. Uh, field match stuff, so lots of, you know, uh, some prone shooting and, and uh, natural barricades, some – you know, small hills you got to shoot up off of and, and 
different things you got to do, which is typically all prone stuff uh, or, you know, high prone or some sort of position off a natural barricade. So okay. I, really, I really like that kind of stuff. Okay. Anything out of the ordinary blind stages or anything weird that was? They did. They did had. We t- uh, I think we talked about this. Maybe. Two blind stages that yeah. were uh, eighteen Cover. rounds or something crazy. Was and it like a running gun? You had to run a big distance. Um, I can't remember if we talked about this. Yeah, maybe we did. But so well, anyway, this was two. This was two stages. Uh, uh, they were kind of back to back stages. You had eighteen rounds uh, for both stages. You kind of went up and over a, a small little draw and um, went up over a small little draw. You went down towards uh, the, the crest where there was some rock outcroppings and you shot some sta- uh, some targets over there. After that, you got up and you shot offhand and then you went from there over to a really steep hillside. And this is where my uh, bipod really came in handy. I was running on that particular stage. I was running the triple extension skypod. Oh, cool. And I had a huge advantage because everyone else, they'd have to set up off of a tripod or they'd have to grab a backpack or something. Really what I did is I just laid down the hill and I put my my skypod long enough so I could shoot prone. Whoa. So for me, it was, I felt it was a big advantage. Um, a lot of people were timing out because they were having to fiddle fire around with their stuff. Yeah. Um, for me, it was a little bit more prone. So that's sweet. <coughs> that's a cool, good. that's a cool bipod that they don't, I don't think MBT's got that one producing. I think it's all Sky Thomas that's doing that one still. Still. Okay. Yeah. So that one's not out as much yet. So that's so, a killer bipod. And that's, that's what I carry. Obviously I shoot, uh, for my prone or, or any of that kind of stuff. I, I I like to use my Atlas. Um, I think they're called the PSRs, and I use the standard length. And then I also carry the Sky Triple Extension. So those are the two bipods I carry. The Triple Extension is just super, super versatile. Yeah, it is. Um, It doesn't quite go low enough for, uh, you know, real prone shooting. And and so if you're going to do something other than that, it's it's a very valuable tool. Yeah. For sure. So from Montana, you got that one. Then what was the next one? Um, I feel like I'm missing one somewhere, but yeah, I, I went to. I can't remember all these wins. I just get, I just, it's No, confusing. stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop. Uh, I, I won the, I went to the Gunworks Wyoming match, uh, which is a National Rifle League event. Okay. Um, uh, put on by. Kanye uh, West, I think. Kanye West. No, just kidding. Yeah, no, uh, I think Kanye bought the ranch. It's yeah, on. Kanye bought is... the ranch that we shot on. So Monster his, Lake. His whole posse was there, but yeah. uh, it was Monster Lake. Now I think it's called West Lake and West Lake Ranch. Uh, okay. We shot there. Really beautiful place. And uh, Phil Vallejo and Kalen Wojcik put together this match. Um, Phil does a really good job of challenging you in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, shot that match. We shot the Cody Complex, the Cody Shooting Complex, on day one, and you had to sh- you had to choose one bipod, and they tagged it with a orange tag, and oh cool! You had to uh, shoot one bag, and they tagged it with a orange tag. You can only use those two pieces of equipment, <clears throat> and everything had to be deployed on clock. So did they ban tripods on day one then? Um, some, some you could, some you couldn't. Okay. Um, I think one of the stages, uh, they, they made you use a tripod. Okay. Uh, other stages, they made you open and deploy it on the clock. I like that. So you open, deploy it on the clock. And, um, I actually have a fun, I have, uh, yeah. So that was, that was a really good, 
um, day of shooting. I went in, I think I had a five-point lead after day one. We went to the ranch side of it, and we started to shoot over there. And it was just absolutely raining hard and um, windy, and it was super, super muddy. And the yeah. wind wasn't it wasn't a factor. The rain was not a factor because obviously we you know we could see most of the targets to start off with. We we sat there for two and a half, three hours before we could shoot because it was all foggy. Oh. So we sat there and and so everyone's freezing by then. Everyone's really cold by then. It's raining. It's foggy. We were actually pretty fortunate, a uh, little bit of inside info. We were on a stage where we had the NRL trailer sitting over there. So all eight of us in the squad or nine of us in the <laughs> squad, we were just huddled up in the in the trailer. A little heater running. And it wasn't like, you know, there was a, a blazing inferno of heater in there. But <laughs> if you can take the wind off, you oh, know, yeah. it's, it's actually, it's like, okay, it's not too bad. And then as people were shooting and coming around, you could see people going into the trailer. Yeah. Uh, we shot a couple stages. Um, they had to throw some stages out, which created a little bit of a backlog. And then really the dangerous part was there was a bunch of mud and people were slipping on mud, going down two positions. This was all field match. Like my absolute favorite favorite time to shoot is stuff like that. I like shooting over logs and rocks and fence posts. I like and angles, he's got angles up and down. That was one of my favorite matches Love last it. year was so that, that field day. I was looking forward to it. We shot a couple stages, and I shot those pretty well. Um, and then, you know, we got uh, – I think we shot two stages, and he canceled uh, by the time we had got three because what happened was there was a couple of those dangerous stages. Uh, those people – uh, groups had shot those, but then they threw those stages out because they were too dangerous. And now other people are backing up on mm-hmm. the other stages. So some, and then they said, "Well, we're going to shoot these. F- everyone shoots these five stages." Well, some people had already shot three or four more stages that weren't those five stages. Then they threw those ones out. Now they're all coming over yeah. and trying to shoot the same stage as everybody else, but they're not going to get through until. Yeah, I mean, it would have been an absolute nightmare. So they made the right call, and that is a as a match director, That's I tough. know that that call is really tough to make, but it's absolutely, you know, the right call. Um, and I'm not saying that just because I had a lead on day one. It's just dangerous. You don't want to. There was already people slipping, fell on rifles, you know, and it's bolt open and and you know bolt back magazine in. You still don't want to you know, fall on rifles and it's yeah. muddy. People are slipping, falling down. And yeah. so, like you said, once you throw a stage out and you create, you ruin that match flow, it ruins yep. the whole day. Yep. So they made the right call. Uh, so that was a good match um, to go to. And uh, yeah, shot that. But I think I, I was fortunate. The last three NRL, uh, the Wyoming was an NRL. Rock Lake. Rock Lake was an NRL. And there was one um, California, right before that or during that time that I also was fortunate to um, I can't to win, but I cannot remember. Can't remember, dude. Well, that's awesome, man. You've been Mister Consistent. You're running, obviously digging the A tips. Yep. One tens. Um, yeah, that's good. All running good. So I was I was pretty you know pretty happy with my setup right now. Um, I started running the Curtis vector action and it just happened to be during kind of a hot streak that i was on and so i won my first four matches that i was running the curtis vector <laughs> so chase curtis is just super pumped about it yeah. you know yeah i remember yeah he's just yeah. all excited which is cool and he's been yeah. trying to get that lefty out for 
plenty long. 16 months. <laughs> who's, but, ca- who's counting? Yes, but who's counting? Oh, <laughs> me, the lefty. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Dude, yeah, that but a lot of we, uh, um, yeah, I've been having a been having a good run, and it's starting to get cold yep. over in eastern Washington now, so we're starting to see everything. We got a little bit of snow. I'm running my match next week. Mm-hmm. Uh Basically, we're flying. I'm flying out of uh, Atlanta Thursday from the AG Cup, and I'm going picking up uh, my trailer and heading straight back to the match. The trailer should be loaded by the time I get there, um, with waters and drinks and food for everyone, and some some more needed supplies that we got. And so I'm going to grab that and rock and roll. Cool. And you, do you have most of that set up? All the course fires already set up. All the targets are Good. set up. All the target signs are set up. Uh, stages are all set. Good. I did that last uh, uh, last week. I, I I spent a lot of time out there. Good. So perfect. Um, got all get, nailed down. Yeah, we got her all going. So uh, one thing, do you want to talk? I've been getting a lot of questions. I don't know why. If it's guys thinking about next year and starting to get guns together, but um, let's. I don't. We don't have any specific question or or direction here. But let's talk a little bit about calibers. Um, I've been getting questions from guys asking. You know, why this, why that? Why run a Dasher when you could run a 6 Creed? Why run a BRX or BR mm-hmm. or 6.547 when you could run a 6XC or whatever hot, new, fast deal there is? So we've talked about this before, but um, like you mentioned in the interview just with Shooting USA, you're probably shooting you're probably shooting slower than any other person here. Yep. 2770 with, yep. a, with a 6 BRX. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you're a little bit, you know, I don't know, we'll call it pioneer of that slow and steady wins the race where, where the, the Oregon guys, when I started shooting, it was, they were shooting six SLRs and fast run these one Oh fives at thirty one fifty, And when they shoot good, it's awesome. And when they don't, it's That's catastrophic. Right. It's exactly so, right. so when, when for you, uh, have you always run conservatively or is that a, is that trial and error or, or why? Uh, I, I have not always run conservatively. When I first started shooting, I did the exact same thing. I was six Creedmoor, 105s, trying to get them to 3175, mm-hmm. 3150. Yep. You're right at the ragged edge of pressure. And I actually won a couple matches with that particular rifle um, in like 2014, 2015. Um, I started to do that. And then. I made the switch about mid-year of 2015 to a slow caliber from that. So I was running uh, 6XC, I was running 6 Creedmoor, and I was trying to push them as fast as I could, typically with a 105 Burger Hybrid is what I was mm-hmm. typically using. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ran those and ran those. Uh, you know, Some matches were really good, some matches weren't, and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't. Uh, hammer out some of the details and then i would also have some hard bolt lifts Mm -hmm. i would have a little bit of pressure problems during certain situations and those situations can be a lot of different things as you know it can be water it can be rain it can be dust and dirt it can be humidity um, it can be just straight heat just heat yeah so there's a lot of things that can affect uh affect that for example we just talked about it in the car Mm -hmm. uh in the mornings, it's like 20 degrees at my house, and it's like 24 at your house yeah. in the mornings. So yeah. we got frost on our windows. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're setting all of our stuff up, and we're uh, 
setting our rifles up, all of our loads are really dialed in at like 44 degrees. At home, you in know, cold, at cold home, dry weather. It's 44 or 50 degrees, and, and, and that's what we're setting everything uh, up at. We come down to Georgia, and today was 90 degrees. <laughs> that's a 50-degree yeah. difference, uh, you know, on, on average of – trying to shoot and it's a ton more humidity we walk outside and we feel like we're taking a shower yeah i can see an alligator from there's the front, an alligator from our cabin, our cabin. <laughs> there's a water moccasin dead on the road and there's bugs everywhere and we're like what in the world these so, guys are tuning loads driving an hour down the road so, <laughs> so it's different it's so different. one thing that i wanted to do is i thought you know what if i can just get a load that's going to be consistent and shoot everywhere yeah i don't really have to worry about some of those pressures i would travel with some guys some buddies this was either right when you started shooting or or somewhere right around that. Yeah, 15 so, was when I was starting. Yeah. So we didn't necessarily, you know, shoot a lot together. But yep. there was guys that I was shooting with, and they would have pressure problems. They'd ruin their entire match. They yeah. would have primers blowing because they were too hot. It was humid. They were had water going on. And so, you know, during that time, I'm seeing what's going on. I'm thinking, man, I really do, I want to be a much more consistent shooter than that. Yep. So I'm willing to take a small hit. Mm-hmm on my ballistics. And when we talk about small, really, it's talking about a couple percent, you know, so maybe 5%. What's, you know, uh, what's 50 feet a second for 3000. That's 6% or, or or whatever the number is. is, Um, and so, so let's see, I guess a hundred feet would be at 3000 would be 3%. So we're, so we're, you know, a hundred feet a second, you know, we're, we're talking about percents of ballistics that, that it affects. Well, I thought, you know what, I'm willing to take the risk um, of not having as good of ballistics to have a little bit more consistency. And then I actually moved in 2015 to probably my one of my most accurate rifles, and that was a 6547. Mm-hmm. And I was shooting a turd of a bullet, the 123 CNR. Yep. Literally the worst bullet on the planet, but for BC, it was accurate. Yeah. It just had no thing BC. is accurate. Like you wouldn't believe it. Just the BC is like throwing a rock, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and it wasn't even an even rock. <laughs> so you're you're throwing a rock downrange, but the rock went the same spot every time. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and that's really when I started to learn, and I reeled off like a really a couple really good years with that with that caliber. Yeah four or five match wins in a row and then I'd get a couple seconds and a couple more wins and then it just it was super ultra consistent and that's what I wanted. And I said, you know what? I like the consistency. Yep. Let's move to a little bit better ballistics, but let's see if we can uh stay with that consistent. And I think that was in sixteen is when I ran uh the six X C Mm-hmm. And, you and ran then slow. and I, I also ran it pretty slow. I was like twenty nine hundred when everyone else is running like Three thousand, yeah, twenty, yeah, right up. And so I was pretty slow, but I kind of keep that mentality. And then from the six XC, I went uh, to the six millimeter BRX. Um, Again, a little bit slower, but it has the consistency that I wanted. So Mm -hmm. I ran that. Um, But it's funny because I'm now almost transitioning my mind to figure out: Are we as a sport turning this into a gear race? Because I kind of want to go back to something faster now. Well, that's our dis- <laughs> that was our discussion, and I kind of feel that. I was like, man, I feel like, well, uh, well, we'll drop. So Preston ran a six forty seven forever, mm-hmm. and then last year he tried a six br for a while. It didn't work out. Didn't like it a whole lot. And he, now he's running six Creed one tens mm-hmm. at 
3,000 or mm-hmm. whatever. He's that's a pretty aggressive, really good numbers on paper. Mm-hmm. And you're you're obviously we're seeing the GT, which is a cool case design. Um, lots of good jokes for that one, but uh, but a cool design, and you can get a little more powder in there and run a little bit faster. There's and then the, the XC, there's better brass coming out for the XC. Um, and so there's a bunch of these calibers where in my head, I'm doing the same thing. How, how much for me, um, when I think of calibers, the six, five, 47, the dasher, the BR, they all pop out to me because we shoot so much. If you were shooting one match a year, would you shoot a BRX? Absolutely not. No, I, I think if you, the, the, the less you shoot, I think in my opinion, the hotter you want that round to be. I agree. And then you can, because for, for me, and I take my barrels off a little bit premature anyway, and I've, and I've kind of told you guys about that. I'm about 1,200 rounds, and I you know will take a barrel off and spin a brand new one on. I really like that 200 to 1,200 round mark as far as accuracy and consistency. I think if I was only going to shoot a few matches a year, I might just always go Creedmoor or always go GT or always go you know, something that's going to have a little bit more capacity. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you know, you aren't worried about that barrel burning out. You're not worried about any of those inconsistencies that you get at the extended life of, of what we're running. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we run 1200 rounds in a Creedmoor and guess what? It's done. Oh, for sure. You know, it's just, yeah, if you have a high, a hot, a hot match with a high round count stage, yep. you can ruin some barrels in a hurry. And so sometimes that happens. And sometimes, you know, those Creedmoors will go to, you know, 15, 18, 2,000 rounds. And, of course, everyone online is going to tell you, oh, I get yeah. 90 billion rounds <laughs> out, of my, 3, rounds out, of, out my of my 650 crew. BMG. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, f- just go 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 talk to somebody else. Yeah. But, you know, there is a, a realistic number of, of what that is, and I think it's really important to um, figure out where you at in your shooting career, what you want to accomplish, what you want to do, Mm-hmm. I've been recommending a ton of six Creedmoors. And the reason I recommend yeah. those um, is because you got good ammo available factory. Yep. You got good bullet, good brass selection. You got uh, just everything that you need. And they're, and they're guys that are going to shoot two or three matches a year. Mm-hmm. So those are going to shoot really good for a few matches and you don't have to worry about them. And yep. you're going to have good ballistics. Yep. I feel the same too. It's like part of the reason I shoot Dasher, they are consistent, but when I have a few days between matches, it generally a bad shooting dasher is still capable of shooting pretty well to match. You've shot a lot of rounds. If I remember, you've shot Creedmoor, you've shot XC, you've shot SLR, yep. Uh, yep. Dasher, 6547. 647. 647 as well. So you've shot about all the sixes Six, and some uh, 6547. Yeah. Some, some other ones. Yeah, we shot, we, you know, Brian was trying the six comp match and we played with that and I've got dies and we did, we did about every six there is. Um, I like, I like the six, I like into the six creed. Like I won, I won that, uh, was it that South Dakota steel challenge with that gun going thirty-one twenty with hybrids and it hammered. And the last I had 450 rounds when I went to that match, it was 90 some degrees of just cooking heat. And, um, the last stage on day two was an unlimited round KYL stage. That's a really good stage to get that last. I, I was stoked because I was like, <laughs> if I drew that first on day one, I was having this dilemma that night before. Was like, when's my cutoff? Because yeah. if I shoot much more than 12 rounds at that speed, 
uh, your barrels cooking. Well, it was my last stage. I was like, well, I'm going to go for it. I, I knew I was in a good spot and I was like, well, I can only assure the victory. And I think I shot 19 rounds in a hurry. <laughs> 60 seconds burning. The it gun down. never shot. I got home and tried to put it on paper. That load had opened up terribly. And I just, it never shot like it did. I mean, it hammered when I went there and it, and it opened up. Like that barrel was so hot for so long. And it was, I mean, it was hot when I started before I even the stage started yep. and I just burned it down. And, and so you can get away, you know, with, with a, like a powder, like a Varget in a, in a small case, like a, like a dasher. And so that's some of the longevity you get, um, you know, on some, but we generally, there hasn't been as many unlimited round stages. I think, um, I've heard a lot of stories when I, when I was the year before I started a couple of years, there was a lot of matches up in the Northwest where there was, you know, high round counts, Carl Taylor's known for some high round count stages and some burning it down stuff. And so, um, I got away, you know, from the finickiness of some of that and some bad, I ran an SLR for a while, which was good, but the brass was so, so, and it was, it was a little finicky when it shot, it shot great. And when it didn't, it was a, it was a train wreck. And so guys have been, have been asking me like, well, why not, why not this? And why not that? I'm like, honestly, or, or, or more, why do you shoot a dasher? And, and that's part of it is it's mm-hmm. easy to tune between matches. It's super conservative. Um, but I do, we, every time we're hanging out that it seems like it comes up. Well, what about a fast, what about an XC? What about a Creed? So I don't know. We'll fast. keep, well, I'm sure we'll play with them. You've got a couple of Creed barrels spun up. I got two Creed barrels spun up by Alamo precision rifles. Um, and they're actually the same thing that, uh, that Dave Preston has spun up because we, uh, we both use the Alamo Precision, yep. um, you know, guys to do our our barrel work. So he's he's running that. Um, I have not uh, shot any rounds through them. They're they're sitting there. I've been, you know, I've been really busy with matches and and shooting, and so it's almost like it's a those new barrels are a really good off season, you know, yeah. uh, off season project. Yeah, I I have I already know what works. Thirty one grains of Varget in my six BRX, and send it. And there's and twenty thousand off of lands with a one ten A tip from Hornady. And I, I know it works. It's consistent enough for what I got going on and for what I need to to perform well. I don't necessarily want to you know mix it up. But when it comes off season, you know we got a bunch of matches here pretty soon. But when it when when we got a little time to to take a break and relax for a second, maybe over the holidays or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to have that thing out and, and I'll throw some factory ammo through it to start off with. And, and then I'll load up some one tens and yeah, got a bunch of cases uh, from Hornady. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of fun to shoot. You put the stuff on, you put the numbers on paper of wind and drops and you're like, ah, it's, it's impressive. It is impressive. So, and then like lately, I've been messing with hunting guns a lot, as you guys know. And it's it's you start running those numbers, you're like, goodness gracious, you know, big three hundred grain or or these, you know, these 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 one fifty threes or one fifty sixes from Hornady and Burger and those BCs and and the speeds are just even at, even at conservative speeds, it's just those BC numbers get you some pretty good drift numbers. I'm like, oh, I forget after running the dasher for so long that like. We hold lo- we hold slow. a lot of wind. Yeah, we hold a lot of wind, and, and you can. There's some numbers where you can cut down. Say you're holding one eight, one nine, and a ten mile, one point eight mils is what I'm referring to at a, a ten mile an hour crosswind to a thousand yards. You can cut that down into like the one five, one four, one five, one six. You're cutting two, three, four tenths off of your wind call. That's a lot. When you hold it, you hold on your target and you move over four tenths. 
that's a pretty big area you're moving at a thousand yards. Another, another target shaves all targets. of that off. Yep, all it gives all you all that margin for hits, and it's like, huh? It's it definitely catches your attention. Um, this game is ever evolving. I right? think I'm going to chamber up a six five forty seven with the one thirty five eight tips. Are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think a six creed with the one tens. <laughs> Shout out. Um, anyway, um, the uh, I think. I don't know. Right now, the BR case is a rule in the world, but I think I think that there might be a little change coming up. We'll see. I know the GT's gaining some ste- steam. I want to play with that some more too. But you have a barrel action from from George. Yeah, George spun me up a GT. It was on an older barrel though. He's like, "Let me recut this barrel." And and when he he called me and said, "Hey, this isn't," he he was concerned about it, and so he wa- he wanted to spin me up another one. I just like you said was being busy and hunting. I haven't haven't had time. So the barrel I got was a uh, it's, it's 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 pretty accurate but he's a pretty tight board. It's a little sl- a little slow and showed what pressure. What kind of brass earlier. was there? He sent me um George sent me just a handful of the uh of his Lapua stuff. Okay, so he formed it and Yeah, he, he had just like 10 pieces I was playing with and then I got a um I got a few pieces of alpha I played with too. So but I haven't seen the new Hornet, and I honestly haven't been playing with it. I haven't had haven't had time. I'm really, I really want to get cranking with uh, with shooting a little more. I've been um, definitely uh, hunting and then work and and uh, a little behind on on this. I, I I am looking forward to some off season where I can. I want to play with the Creed. I want to play with the GT six forty seven something like that. I I don't know. I just run the dash for a while. It's awesome. You just kind of get that that craving to play with something different and check it out again. Remind yourself why you didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, uh, the, the GT, you know, I don't know if I'll ever run it or if I will or not, but it seems, you know, we talked about this years mm-hmm. ago. We thought, oh, yeah. man, if there was something to bridge the gap between yeah. a small dasher and a big Creedmoor, it might be like the perfect round. And, you know, kudos and props to, to Hornady and George and, and Tom and all those guys that, that have worked hard on it. Um, it's a really good design. It, it's, it's a good size. It fits 34, 35 grains of Varget in it. I think it's, you know, it, it might be the perfect, uh, type of round, you know, yeah, whether, yeah. whether we shoot it or not, you know, that's to be, yeah. uh, figured out later on, but it, it's, it's definitely a, um, it's definitely a good case. I do like, I like the idea of the more I shoot, the more of, uh, fire form is not a huge deal with the dasher, but at the same time, it would be really nice to open a box of ammo and just shoot. And I know Alpha, Alpha's got that dasher brass out, which is interesting, yeah. but um, I love the idea of, you know, with the GT, you've got Alpha, you've got Hornady, um, you can do that. And that's, I think the 647 is a really good case if if somebody, I don't know if somebody makes the factory. I don't know. There's a, The fun thing about this sport right now is there's a lot of companies coming out with a lot of new products all the time that are right in our wheelhouse. So, is there um, anything different be- between forming a Lapua case for Dasher and the Dasher from uh, from Alpha? Is there anything different, be- like the specs on those? Because remember, no. Norma did one that was a Dasher, but it had that like a fifty thousandth long neck. No, it's it's they copied. As far as I know, it's a it's a copy of of the uh, the actual Dasher the, yeah. case. And I and I, I've got some of that Alpha brass I've had for a while. Uh, the Dasher brass and it it was it's good. So dimensions were good neck the neck thicknesses were the same as my lapua brass like it measured i was measuring the web and everything and it was all uh, nearly as identical as you can get in a shot good so i think that's going to be a good a good thing for the cal that that would be you know that would that would be an argument for the dasher over the brx at this point until then there hasn't been one 
That's right. It's the same, you know, same because difference. You still, still fire form, form, so it doesn't matter. Absolutely. But now with with some of that f- with 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 Alpha making that factory brass, that could be it could be pretty cool. Open a box of brass that's that good and just ro- roll into a match. Mm-hmm. And partially, I'm I'm uh, I've been neck deep in trying to get some stuff fire form between you know, the last the last month or so, and I was like reminding myself that. I generally would rather not fire for him if I can help it. So, <laughs> so this is a uh, this is an AG Cup special. So, yeah. Uh, for the listeners that don't know what the AG Cup is, uh, it's down here in Blakely, Georgia. Uh, Blakely, Georgia. It's at the Arena Training Facility, and Armageddon Gear and Tom Fuller came up with an idea. They said, "Hey, we want to do a invitational only top twenty shooters in the world. Uh, we want to." Um, you know, basically put them all on uh, an even playing field. We're going to give a bunch of money away. They're giving forty-one thousand dollars away, yep. uh, and you know, kind of, kind of do do something for TV. Uh, make it small, make it fairly intimate, and go from there. So uh, there is two ways to win money at this match. You can win the overall match, which means you have the best score and you're the AG, AG Cup champion. That's going to be twenty thousand uh, dollars cash in the cup. Also, they're giving away $1,000 for every stage win, uh, which is going to be hits first and time second Mm -hmm. uh, as far as scoring goes. So you can win $1,000 by getting the the best score and time on that particular stage. So now we have to think about what do we want to do? How do we want to approach this? um, And what are we, you know, interested in doing? Do we want to try to go for three or four, you know, if, if, if you were to get three or four stage wins, you, you could, I mean, you could come away with four grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you could try to try to burn it down like that. What's your thoughts on that? What are you going to do? And what do you think some of these other guys are going to do? Yeah, I think that's been the, <laughs> the, the dilemma in the discussion. It's pretty, it is kind of, again, coming, we got in here this afternoon. We'll go side our guns in this evening. Um, the, it's it is a little unique pulling up here with twenty guys. There's a little siding board. Everybody's it's it's kind of a cool feeling so far. They've got really good food out. We got these big, these cool duffel bags with our names embroidered on them, and it's kind of it's kind of a fun feel so far. Even though we just got here, I'm looking forward to the rest of the the next couple of days. Um, and I and that is a discussion and a dilemma. I love the idea of shooting fast and going for stage wins. As you know, um, it's fun. It's, it would be relaxing because if you had a bad stage, okay, we're on to the next one. You got 20 chances and you're not just going for the whole overall win and worried about, you know, if you had one blow up on a stage or whatever. I, I might do that. No, you're not. No, no I'm not. <laughs> well, I'm well, not okay. as fast here's, as you. Here's a, so here's John, a question. For you guys that know John, Here, like if we're racing and we say, hey, you shoot those five targets, he's always going to shoot faster than me. I mean, for the most part. Yeah, I mean. Um, He's just faster. He gets on it's target fun. a little bit quicker, and he he. Uh, I punch the trigger a little faster than you he do. He punches. The, he <laughs> yanks the trigger faster than yeah. I can yank the trigger. Yeah. So yeah, you're better at pulling. I'm better <laughs> at punching it. <laughs> um, so gosh, I think you would do really well in that environment. But you have fun. the skill too to take the whole thing. That's hard. As yeah. you've done, you yeah. know, twelve. Yeah. You, you got twelve wins in your career. That's a lot. That's yeah. like the third most wins all time for crying out loud. That's a lot of wins. Yeah. So. You have you have the ability, in my opinion, to to take the cake, and there's a couple other guys here that I think can also take the cake. But here's here's the big thing: is that this match, the the winner, I think is 
if we knew the match style, you could pick the winner a lot easier. Yeah. And the the, re- the reason I'm saying that is Agreed. because if it's a typical, um, I don't want to call it a southeast match, but if it's an easier match where most people are getting nines, tens, eights, nines, tens, yep. there's not nearly the separation. That'd and so then everybody in the group um, at all skill levels is really going to be kind of neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other the other thing of that is if, it, if it's a much tougher match and maybe requires a little more skill, then you'll see maybe some of the experience you know come into play. Um, bigger score separation because there's going to be a bigger score separation. So we'll see how it how it turns out here. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not necessarily all target size. That's not what it's about. It's about position. It's about time. It's about movement. Yeah. It's about a lot of different things in in combination with that. So yeah. Should be fun. Absolutely. So, do, what's uh, uh, best case scenario? We go out there, shoot strong, burn it down. On the other hand, something something happens. Uh, uh, something catastrophic. Something catastrophic happens. If uh, your mag jams and you get two shots off in the stage, something ridiculous yep. that whatever. Whatever. At what point? At what point? I don't even want to say it. You admit defeat and you go for <laughs> stage wins. Like what, when do you throw the white flag? Yeah, what's your number? When? when so what, have you thought, I've I thought about this a lot, okay. actually. What's your thought? I thought about this a lot. And if I'm – so this is this is, comes back to my comment a second ago about what kind of match it is. Yeah. If it's a easier match, uh, it's harder to gain points in the easier match because yes. if – you know, if I'm down to John by six points and we got two stages left. Um, and, and people are I, getting and nines and over, tens on every stage. I go over and I look at these two stages and one of them is a PRS barricade, you know, and it's got a 66% target up there. Okay. And then one of them's a a whatever stage and it's, you know, it's most people are getting eights, nines, and tens. My best case scenario to John's worst case scenario still doesn't add up to me winning the match. Mm-hmm. In that particular situation, then I'm going to flip flop because at this match, second place means zero dollars. <sighs> zero. The most painful second place. Th- yeah, this is the you- second place you don't want to get. So I yep. guarantee you I'm not getting second place. Well, I can't guarantee <laughs> it, but I'm saying I'm not I'm not here to get second place. And that's why I hope they have like a I hope the last match of the of the uh, of I hope the last match of the entire match or I hope the, the last stage, stage <laughs> of the entire match, excuse me, is like a true KYL. Oh jeez. I hope it's I hope it's something where you got to have some balls to to <laughs> to come away with a win because then we're going to find out yeah. exactly what happens and then obviously in my perfect world the last place guy goes first, and you graduate up just like you would in a golf tournament. And so the guy that's in first has to see what he's got to do. Has got to see what he's got to do. And <laughs> oh, that's going to be absolutely intense. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. It's going to be good for TV. So I'm kind of hoping they're they're thinking about this ahead of time yeah. to know what some of these because if you're in sixth place and you know, hey, if I clean this, yeah. And these guys don't, or someone else. I got a shot, and then you start to kind of create that yeah. that drama, and that's the exact same thing that happens on a golf course in a tournament. Guy, if I go for this, you know, yeah, green yeah. and two on a on try to get an eagle, 
I got a shot. Yeah, there's water over there. I could screw this up, but if I go for it, yep. it's a risk reward type of a deal. So yep. we'll see what happens. I got to ch- kind of check the stages out and see. Are we going to be able to? We don't. Are they going to be blind? I think we all go up there and check them out ahead of time. Okay. And then, and then, and then blind, they're blind well, after that. Shoot. Yep. Okay. Okay. So I still don't even know how we're running this thing. I don't even. We haven't seen matchbooks yet. We literally yet. just got here. Yeah, we so. have. We went down to shoot, but they were still doing some, some range stuff. So we're back up here for. We're gonna go down. I don't know. It's what time is it? It's four thirty here. So we'll shoot in a couple hours, I guess. Um, yeah. So that's the, that's the thing. I was like, well, I was wondering. Okay. So so what is the cutoff? Like when when do you say, okay, we're going for stage wins? It's gonna. It's definitely an interesting dynamic. Um, it's it should be fun. I I'm really curious how the match is going to be run run though. Um, you know, target sizes and and how things go down. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So I think my number, you asked a number. I think my number is six. Six points. Six points. If I got a six point deficit, at what? But you it's if you have a six point deficit after two stages, that doesn't mean a whole lot. No, no, no. Exactly. So six points maybe with with three left. So you won't go for you won't have you won't screw around on stages until two or three stages left if things are going. exactly. Okay. Yep, that's uh, that's right. Or I th- if, and I think those last two or three stages are going to be very very competitive because there'll be there'll also be mm, seventeen other guys thinking the exact same thing at that point. So there's going to be some probably guys only burning. Be a couple guys that are there saying, "Man, I could win this at the last few stages." There's, and I don't know if we're going to know. I'm assuming we'll know scores. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be those last stages. I think the guy that comes out of the gate and says, you know what? I'm stage win it. Stage wins every, right from the start. He They're can not, win two or three right out of the get-go. That's 3000 bucks Because no one's going to be doing it right off the bat. That's so, 3K he could just have just like that because everyone's like, oh, man, if I shoot well, maybe I will have a chance to win. Yeah. You know, and everybody's thinking that. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's thinking, oh, I could win this if I yeah. just shoot well. If I shoot like I know I can, Yeah, I can win this. Well, yeah. they're all thinking that while yeah. some Joe Schmo <laughs> is burning stages down, collecting $1,000 checks. Yeah. Get some prone stage with some big targets, and you're just going to rip through it with no wind. Just, yeah. Oh, I did that in 35 seconds. Yeah, and there's a 1000 Yeah. $1,000. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's cool. I thought about – I mean, it's so hard. It's I thought lot. about going just straight stage wins um, and just trying just to go for all stage wins. And, and try to get eight or 12 or something. I like. mean, yeah. I mean, if you were to get like six stage four or five or six stage wins. Big good week. It'd be a really good week. It'd be a, a yeah. super profitable and and fruitful week for sure. So, yeah, we could pay for our flights, a hotel, and maybe a rental car. See, it's so expensive <laughs> for us to go anywhere. It's ridiculous. AG Cup West. Yeah, we're, uh, so we're gonna do. John's gonna do an AG Cup West. He already made up his mind. And let me tell you a little bit what he's no, gonna do. No, let's not talk about the oh. details quite yet. Oh, we can't talk about well, this yet. Not yet. They're uh, they're still uh, they're still in. Uh, Consultation, but Consultation. We'll see. I'm yeah. going to get some. Uh, AG Cup West, here we come. <laughs> anyway. And then all you East Coast guys got to fly over. Yeah, we'll have you guys. Well, you guys have a backwards jet lag. So, no, it's cool. There's a bunch of good guys here. We need. It'll be fun to get out and chat with them a little bit and catch up. Um, a lot of cool companies supporting this. And yeah. It should be fun. I don't know where it'll go in the future and if they'll, you know, how they'll change it. But this is kind of a fun year being. I know people don't. There's some, there's some debate over some. You know some of the invites and different how the qualifications or what you know why we're here why someone else is there and and uh, but, but honestly in my opinion you're gonna it have, makes it fun well yeah it, it does make it fun but 
no matter who you invite, if you try to invite four or eight or 12 or whatever people, there's going to be someone that's going to be upset with it and say, well, I think I deserve this yeah. or I deserve, well, okay. You know, so we can't really ever get that completely 100% correct yeah. unless there was a verifiable um, maybe lifetime ranking system. Yeah. And then you could actually see, okay, in the last three years, who truly has been the top 20 shooters? Okay, you guys get, you know, get the invites. That would be the only way to do it is to take it over a sample size of a couple years, uh, look at all their places, average those out, figure out, okay, what is this person's average place? Okay, you, you're going to be able to, you know, you're invited, you're one of the top 20. You know, I just don't think there's obviously, you know, there's some people that feel they should have been invited and there's some people that, you know, there's also some people that were invited that just couldn't make it. Yeah. And so, and a lot of people don't know about those. They just say, well, why wasn't, Yeah, yeah. you know, for example, uh, Nick, uh, Nick Gadarzy. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a really good shooter. Um, yeah. He's been doing well for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's won four or five national level, uh, maybe six national level matches. So he's got quite a few more wins than, you know, 75% of the people here at the AG Cup. Mm-hmm. So he's going on a big elk, elk hunting trip. He couldn't make it. And so a lot of people say, well, why wasn't he invited? Why wasn't he invited? It's not fair. It's not fair. They didn't know that he was invited. He just can't go. Yeah. And so it, it, it's never, you know, people are always going to complain and whine about X, Y, Z. And I think there's a dynamic, though, that's, that's more fun. I was talking to Pence about this with my buddy. We were talking. He's like, it's, it's fun. He goes, who cares if people don't agree? He goes, I don't agree with a few, but it's, it's, it, I'd still prefer it this way. Yeah. He likes it. Just whoever picked. You know, whatever Tom came up with, it's, it is what it is, um, and it makes it kind of a neat thing keeping it small. Like if I think if you pile a bunch of people, it loses a little bit of the. It does feel weird having twenty guys here. It feels, it feels. It's like there's two squads out of it, you know, instead of ten or twelve. You know, it's, we're the only. Feels strange. You know that there is eighteen guys. If you split the United States left and right, yeah, you split it right in half. There's two guys from the left side of the United States. Represent. Represent Holmes. <laughs> West side in the house. West side. We're going to have to get some Easties on this podcast this week here. Man. Yeah, we're a little bit misrepresented. We're the only ones that are they're backwards on sleep. We'll be shooting stages at 4 a.m. our time tomorrow. So those, <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah, it's nuts. So um, let's see. What else we've got? Um, on the next one, we'll, we'll maybe do a, a, a giveaway. And we'll talk about a couple things, uh, range and match etiquette. So what are, uh, you know, we'll talk about this on on the next episode, but maybe what are the, as a shooter, what should we do? Um, Match etiquette, uh, range etiquette, just not being a douchebag and and how to avoid douchery situations. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, there's some of that. There's also... I don't know if we ever get on it. The, there's been a bunch of safety talk on the NRL side. I know they're updating yeah. some rules. Um, I told you one I didn't like that they, was talk, they were talking. I don't know where I read it. It was maybe Kalen was talking that uh, all uh, you can't have an action covered at a match because so, you have to be able to see that the bolts open, the chamber flags in, which that's ridiculous. I understand. But if you go shoot New Mexico and Arizona and all these matches in the summertime where people are walking around in the dust and it's blowing – your gun 
becomes unsafe because your trigger will jam. It'll hang fire. There's so there's some arguments there, some debates. It'd be fun to talk about that a little bit. I agree with a lot of the stuff that's being said, but um, obviously safety is paramount. Obviously, I mean, this goes without saying, but um, there is some debate there a little bit. I, I wrap a, a rain, like a pack, like a backpack rain cover around my action because I don't want dust packed in there. I'd have feeding problems mm-hmm. and trigger problems and, you know. And even even as simple as somebody walking by. Oh, yeah. You know, you see people walk by, and if it's blowing 10 miles an hour mm-hmm. and it's dusty like you're in New Mexico, somebody walks by and literally there is, your gun is a whole bunch of sand in your action. Like, yep. you, you don't want that. That's, for one, that's not safe. No, it'll pressure and good. all kinds yeah, of stuff. and so it's just not, it's not good. I think it's, you want to keep it smart. There's got to be a way to keep everything safe. There has to be a way, but we just have to figure out, um, you know, what everyone can uh, really agree upon. And then after we have something that's kind of agreed and standard, we can run with that and we can take it to the bank and, mm-hmm. and make sure that everybody does it. Cause right now we do, we have a very wide variety of thoughts and a very wide variety of, of rules. Some of these matches, you got to do one thing. Some of the matches you got to do another yeah, thing. Some of the matches you got to do something else. And then some of the rules aren't, they're just not enforced. So it, it doesn't matter how many rules you have if you don't, you know, kind of, kind of enforce them. I think more enforceable. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't feel, um, you know, I'm around a lot of guys I know that handle guns safely. Um, I can see their bolt back. I know their guns clear. Um, and they're, and they're watching their muzzles. They're following the rule, you know, firearm rules. But I I guess I don't feel, I, I don't, I travel a lot and I don't see a lot of, I guess I'm not scared for my life at these matches. Like nope. some people portray it to be That's a scary situation. And I know stuff ha- it happens. There's 200 guys walking around. There's a hundred guys walking around. There's, you know, flagging. I don't, I've, I've seen it happen. Um, it's, it's inexcusable. Watch your muzzle. Um, but I also don't want to overreact and make maybe some rules that are, that are silly or frivolous. So I don't know. We'll have to maybe talk about that more in the future together. Our thoughts a little bit and, whatever, but there's a, a bunch of discussions like that. So, um, we're about, well, we're coming up on an, on an hour. So we'll cut her off, go hang out, go visit, and we'll try to do one tomorrow and I'll try to get these up as fast as I can. Um, thanks again to Rock Creek. Kyle Coon got that barrel mailing that out. Um, and like you said, we'll do some, we got some other giveaways coming up. So, um, until probably tomorrow, we will catch you guys later. Toodles.